0: This is Report Back, the San Francisco chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America podcast. Our chapter is made up of 1,000 members and 16 issue-based and internal facing committees where the heart of our organizing happens. This is a Praxis-centered podcast where we talk about the tactics and strategies of winning socialism with the organizers who plan and implement them. I'm David Hellman, rank and file member of DSA SF. And today we're hearing from Dale Smith and Josh Kelly, about our chapter's efforts to protect our neighbors from the effects of environmental disasters, principally the smoke from nearby fires. We talk about the origins of these efforts last year and how we're planning for dangers to come. I remember sitting in my apartment um, with the smoke outside and then getting to a moment where I realized the smoke was inside and um, then getting to a moment when I just felt suddenly like, this is really not good. Like I don't feel good right now. And then I kind of plugged into DSA at that point and found out that you guys were already engaged in all this mask distribution stuff. Could we talk maybe just uh, uh, briefly start off talking about like your memory of that, how that whole incident started, like with the campfire smoke and what that was like when the city was just swathed with smoke?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, for me, I was actually planning on... um going on a a camping trip that first weekend uh, with a a bunch of folks uh, from the DSA. And um, as the fire started to grow and grow, you could see, you know, first it, it kind of just started creeping into the city from, from the central Valley. Um, And you could see the sky start to darken and turn that really kind of scary orange red color. Um, And uh, you know, I'd gone down to the South Bay to, to see if, if, it was any better and it was still bad down there this is when we were starting to to look at the daily air quality forecasts and um, you know we ended up uh, canceling the camping trip and you know after a couple of days my my children their school um, closed for a couple of days to try to respond to it um, you know the whole san francisco school district was closed for i think uh, uh, half a week um, and it was just a a shocking and scary time to be in a city.
0: Yeah, totally. Dale, do you have any particular recollection of that, that experience? Yeah.
2: I mean, I just remember like, um, the weekend before we do started doing, um, mass distribution on a larger scale. I just remember getting up on a Friday. Um, and just, yeah, like just feeling like not so great. Um, I knew that the fires had already started earlier that week. And so I just like looked outside, and I saw that there was just this like thick haze of smoke across the whole city. And I thought to myself, like, well, it's I'm feeling bad, and I'm inside, and like I have air conditioning, I have like air purifiers and stuff. So I could only imagine how bad some folks must feel that don't have that option. Yeah. So I started a. I just started like messaging you know, people within DSA, and I was like, hey, I want to try and get, like, a group of folks together to go out and distribute, like, masks and bottles of water to, you know, people, like, experiencing homelessness in San Francisco, and um, that's basically what happened. Like, a a handful of folks um, donated, you know, a good amount of money, enough for me to go down to Lowe's over on Bayshore, and just buy about, like, um, you know, like 100 masks, and then uh, just a bunch of bottles of water. Then I met up with me and a few other folks from DSA, and uh, we just went to different parts of the city. Like, I know we had some folks that went to, like, the Mission and, like, the Haight-Ashbury area. I went to Bayview-Hunters Point area, just started walking around, you know, uh, talking to folks that were living in tents and in encampments down there, and in RVs as well. And, um, you know, most people were pretty appreciative of just even having some water or a mask. Um, most folks actually didn't know that it, there was, like, some huge fires that were raging in Northern California at the time. Wow. Um, you know, and that was that was pretty surprising to me. Like, I was just like, hey, just, like, look up at the sun. Does that look normal to you? And they are like, oh, wow, you're right. Like, it doesn't. Like, it was kind of like a reddish view, wow. you know. And once I started to point that out to them, they started to realize what was going on.
0: Did um, just think it was a normal San Francisco fog or something?
2: Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, people, you know, um, kind of like stayed were staying more or less in the same area that they would most of the time. Right. So, I mean, it's something that's definitely more apparent and more visible if you move around a lot more throughout the city. Um, but if you're not and you're just staying in a certain area and you don't have a clear view of like across the city or like, you know, towards the waterfront or what have you, um, you don't really get as good a gauge of, like, what it's really like. You might feel like, oh, like, I might feel a little bit weird. Like, it might be a little bit harder to breathe. But, like, you know, the air quality in San Francisco isn't necessarily the best, you know. Um, but it's definitely, you know, it was definitely getting to be pretty bad. And uh, over time, you know, it did get even worse. You know, that was just right when the fires were starting. Um, and then, you know, midway through the week, uh, I know – Philip, who's another DSA member, and uh, I think Curtis and some other folks were, you know, realizing how bad the smoke was getting, um, and we saw that there were some other mass distribution efforts going on from this one kind of smaller group um, that had done, you know, mass distribution last time the fires came around, called Mask Oakland, and so they were kind of inspired to try and get step people together on a larger scale to try and distribute masks, and so um that next weekend you know it was obviously way worse and we you know kind of hit the ground running then at that point just you know trying to see where we could buy as many masks as we could just to hand them out to just whoever because um you know the city wasn't responding appropriately i'm pretty sure we ended up distributing like three times the amount of masks that the you know city did um during our entire span of like you know about a week.
0: So I have a figure from the the article in SF Weekly that uh, DSASF handed out 2,800 masks over a weekend, but was it a lot more over the entire week?
2: I think I remember it being something like we passed out like 4,500 total, Uh, and the city of SF probably passed out about like 1,600.
0: Yeah, was that all Uh, the homeless outreach team? it was
2: mostly the hot team yeah and so they were handing out um bottles of water and masks and stuff and we were you know trying to reach out to you know folks that were out on the streets but also just like you know just like regular working folk as well um when we were like just stationed in our office i remember there were days where i would just sit there just you know because we were letting people know that they could stop by our office to pick up masks and you know we had everybody come through we had you know like pictures and contractors and ups drivers and like nurses and social workers you know like pretty much you know every job you could think of like there are just people who are just like yeah i need this you know like even if like you know my job at their job they're lucky enough to be inside where it's the air is filtered and it's air conditioned you know when you step outside um it's still a hazard so
0: Yeah. yeah yeah actually i was there too and i um I worked with John Xavier on a infographic that that the uh, chapter tweeted out about uh, mask safety, what kind of masks you want to get, and how to build a a makeshift filtration system for your home. And I remember just sitting there in the office, working on that uh, the drawing, and seeing people pop in, kind of like, "Is this DSA?" Uh, and like, "Do you have masks?" and like, "Do I need to sign anything?" this is cool. Like I can just take it. Oh, okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> like people yeah. just seemed really surprised that we were literally giving them away, which I felt really good about.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's definitely like one of the most positive aspects about it is like, we were just showing people, you know, not only that we like cared about what they're going through, but that it was just like, you know, it was like, it was unconditional, you know, that it's just right. about, you know, people have a need to like make sure that, you know, they're, At least, like, being slightly more safe. You know, ideally, like, they would have a space to go inside that had, like, filtered air so they could just, you know, prevent from having to inhale all that smoke. But unfortunately, a lot of people didn't have that option. You know, um, we did have some folks that came in who were like, oh, like, you know, I have kids and they're having a really hard time breathing. Like, do you have any masks that they could use? And, um, you know, really, like... Kids shouldn't even be put in a situation where they have to make a choice like that, and that's not even necessarily on their parents at all. You know, they're they're the ones that are trying to look out for them, and they, they're even having a hard time themselves, you know, like, making sure as they go about their, like, day-to-day life, like, making sure that they're, you know, like, trying to at least stay stay away from, you know, some of the smoke that they're just being bombarded with constantly. Right. And so I really just, like, underlined how you know, unprepared, um, not just people as individuals are, which is not necessarily on them, but just the city as a whole was, you know, for dealing with the situation. Yeah. They weren't, they just weren't opening up like shelters like they would, um, you know, hopefully during a, you know, like a rainy weather season or whatever. Although as folks have probably heard, they weren't even doing that good a job of that this past winter. Um, but that's another story. Um, and, you know, they weren't opening up like community centers or, you know, rec centers or libraries, you know, all places that, you know, probably have a much better capacity to, you know, at least allow people a place to stay during the middle of the day, um, you know, so they can get out of the smoke and just, you know, breathe some some fresh air for a little bit. Um, but they were just totally, you know, the city was totally caught off guard and, unwilling to really just like do pretty basic things to make sure that people were safe you know or at least staying safer despite the fact that they were telling people like oh yeah like it's not really that good to wear a mask you should really get inside But it's like but you aren't offering a place for people to go necessarily so
0: yeah do you have any thoughts on like broadly why the city wasn't prepared i mean why those resources don't exist or the effort isn't the funding isn't put towards preparation for this kind of thing you think that'll change
2: i mean it's going to have to change whether they like it or not you know i mean we did end up having a like an action um after like the first weekend you know when we were really out there like giving out masks and stuff out in front of city hall to try and you know pressure them to let them know that they had to make a change and then uh, Hillary Ronan, who's the D or she's the supervisor for the mission district said she was going to put forth legislation to, you know, require that all public schools have, um, you know, like filtered air and, you know, to open up community centers for this sort of stuff and have like a cachet of masks to distribute during a time like this. Um, but some of those things like, you know, like they could have just opened up some of these like community spaces pretty easily.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: I just feel like they didn't want to put in the the effort necessarily or were just hoping that um that maybe like, you know, there would be like a good like um just a like, tide of air and it would help clear out a lot of the air and people wouldn't have to deal with this as much. But um the reality is that fires like this are just gonna get worse and worse, you know. Um, There were fires, you know, in 2017, there were fires again, like with this in 2018, there is without a doubt going to be fires again in 2019, you know, um, how it happens. That's, you know, a different question, but we're seeing just like this happening every year on a consistent basis now. And so like after a certain point, like, you know, public officials are going to have to realize like they have to make a concerted effort to make sure that they're taking care of people. Or else, like, unfortunately, it's going to come up to, you know, folks like us within DSA and, say, Mask Oakland trying to take care of, you know, those around us within our communities. Um, Not that we wouldn't want to do this anyways. But, um, you know, ideally, the function of the government is to take care of its people, you know, whether it's like making sure that they, you know, are having their basic rights met or are just like, you know, allowed to be in spaces where they can at least stay somewhat more out of you know danger hazards you know so
0: yeah for sure yeah maybe it's a good time to talk about the future and what we're doing next what we're doing for this year and um maybe we could turn to the gofundme that's currently active with a handy url tinyurl.com dsa mask and i'll repeat that later but uh, josh do you want to just talk about that broadly
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the idea, and and this kind of came out of um, my experience last year, um, you know, with the fires, uh, DSA Chico put out a call for emergency supplies um, for their community. And so, you know, given that I was sort of, um, I had the weekend free with my wife, um, we had the the kids with my mom, and uh, the camping trip was canceled, we ended up collecting a bunch of supplies. From other members of the DSA, um, you know, cold weather clothing, baby formula, um, and driving it up to Chico to um, to coordinate with DSA Chico to make sure that those supplies got to the community members. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I was really struck by. You know, how many Walmarts did I drive past on our way up there that were just chock full of uh, baby formula and emergency blankets and bottled water and, you know, prescription medicines Um, and and how much uh, material is, is wrapped up in the capitalist supply chain that's not going to people that need it in an emergency? And, you know, when we got there, we. We had just missed a family with an infant that was looking for formula and the shelter that we had gotten to had turned them away. And, um, you know, it was really heartbreaking to hear that if we'd been a half hour earlier, we could have gotten that to them in need. And so what we're doing right now is raising supply, uh, raising funds to purchase emergency supplies, um, air masks, first aid supplies, bottled water, ways to purify water, um, emergency uh, menstruation supplies. Uh, emergency baby formula. And we want to get that uh, material on hand at the DSA office in our our, our neat little storage area that we have, um, along with disaster literature, along with you know equipment that could be useful um, to have that in place on day one um, so that the next time, because you know, as Dale said, this is going to keep happening. this is our climate future. Um, the next time something like this happens, you know, DSASF is ready to go handing out masks r- right out the door. Um, and in addition, you know, by buying them ahead of time and in bulk, we can really make the, 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 the money stretch farther. You know, the per mask cost uh, is a lot cheaper if you buy a big bulk supply from like inline than if you just go to Home Depot. Um, so that's that is the idea behind the disaster relief supply drive.
0: It sounds like um, you're preparing for multiple types of disasters, not just the smoke.
1: Well, I mean, this is earthquake country, obviously. So yeah. everyone, everyone who's hearing my voice, you should have three days of food in your house. You should have uh, a gallon of water per person per day. I believe is the recommended amount. Um, I'd suggest doubling that. We should all, you know, be a little bit of a prepper here. In if we're on the San Andreas Fault and have some. Uh, emergency supplies to sit out a, a, a potential earthquake situation. Um, and, you know, with climate change, these kinds of disasters can, are going to come out of left field in a lot of uh, ways. Um, we might have, you know, seawall issues. If there's a big storm surge, there could be flooding in the low-lying areas of San Francisco. We want to be prepared for that as well. Um, so we're really trying to uh, get the equipment together to to be able to respond to any kind of natural disaster um, you know, these disasters being accelerated by climate change. And, and, you know, as, as we've seen, um, you know, we want to fill the gap where our, our, our city government isn't, uh, isn't meeting the needs of the community.
0: Yeah, that's great. And the, the drive has been going on for 17 days and Mm -hmm. your goal is $2,500. And right now it's at 1778. And it looks like the, just looking at the number of people who've given, it looks like it's a, pretty high um donation on average. Um but I imagine like if we just had a lot more people pitching in, we could close that gap and get to 2500 pretty fast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um and then um yeah, uh, you know, if everyone just chipped in 10-15, um we could we could cover that gap and then get on to the next stage, you know, uh starting to get the supplies together.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely going to uh give some money as soon as we stop recording. So I encourage everyone else <laughs> Great. to do the same. Um, yeah, that's tinyurl.com slash DSA mask. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say about the, the drive before we close it up and plans for the future in general?
1: You know, the one thing I'll mention is we, Dale mentioned children wearing masks. Um, and I had, I have two children and I looked into this, um, and I want to just urge folks, you know, the next fire situation, just keep your kids inside. Um, there are some potential problems with putting a child in a respirator mask that's built for an adult. CO2 can kind of back up in the mask. Kids don't know kind of how to respond if they're feeling faint or anything like that. Um, and it's, you know, keeps me up at night. Um, so,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, if you have small children and we're in an yet another smoke situation, you know, keep them inside. If you've got an air filter, you're fortunate to have one, just run that. Don't, don't send them to school in a mask.
0: So are there not masks that are really good for kids?
1: Um, there are, there are masks for small faces, but I think, you know, what I was reading on some CDC websites was um, it just, it wasn't recommended. It, there was, I had just enough um, kind of info out there that made me concerned
0: do you have a particular kind of air filtration, uh, device that you like the best? Um, there's that infographic we did about using a a box fan with, uh, what is it? It's got a, uh, Merv 13 slash FPR 10 furnace filter taped on the front of it. So it just sucks the air through the furnace filter and, um, purifies it. Uh, any thoughts on that type of solution?
1: Uh, no, not for me. Um, you know, I will say that our next challenge is to figure out, uh, which, uh, which brand of bottled water is the least evil. So we can oh. stock up on the least evil bottled water for our uh, emergency supplies.
0: Oh yeah. We usually keep some uh, gallons around. Yeah. But I don't know how evil they are. I'm well, not sure. It's a bit worrying.
2: I mean, unfortunately uh, and this kind of says a lot about just like how it's like, you know, econ- all this economics works like, Usually, um, with a bottle of water, uh, it takes three times the amount of water that's actually in the bottle to create it, you know? So it's one of of those things that it's definitely, like, for emergency situations, you know, it's good to have bottled water on hand, but realistically, like, you know, it's supposed to be a a human right, and so... And it's a
1: privatized resource instead.
2: it's It's a privatized resource, and so you know, it's up to people in in their communities and hopefully if their city government is actually responsible for them to work together to try and, you know, um, you know, create, you know, access points to to water that is, you know, clean and, you know, just accessible in general, you know, and able to be utilized even in the, you know, the event of an emergency situation. Um, But yeah, definitely uh, if I have to come up with any advice just like um yeah just like come as josh said you know figure out your your plan for when it happens like as soon as possible you know um a good idea is just to like work with people that you know like within your community and within you know different places where you are like whether it's like your neighbors or whether it's where you work or at your school or where have you you know you can all try and like work together to try and, um, you know, come up with solutions for how to deal with disaster situations like this, you know. Unfortunately, not everybody's going to be able to afford putting together, like, a full disaster kit. But if people are working Mm -hmm. together, you know, there's a higher chance that, like, more people will be prepared in the future than if we're all doing it by ourselves. And um, just on that note, like, I definitely would... Wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in the future, if there are other DSA chapters or other organizations across California that are doing fundraisers like this, that, you know, our chapter would at the very least like try and share, um, you know, the links that are out there to try and get folks who are able to, to donate to those, um, those fundraisers to make sure that everybody is prepared as they can be, you know, because I know for a fact that, um, you know, whatever preparation that we do just for San Francisco, we're going to try and you know, uh, help other folks with other areas, you know, as well. I mean, the number one question I've gotten from people when they learn I'm from DSASF and they're in other chapters, was just, how did you deal with the mass situation? And, you know, at a certain point, it just kind of comes down to like, unfortunately having enough money, but also like working together and like figuring out where are the places to, you know, get mass ahead of time. And like during the time when it's happening and, you know, how to just get that messaging across, you know, and it's all just about, you know, like preparing ahead of time and, you know, working with people that you're close to to make sure that you're you're taking care of each other and everybody else, you know.
0: So. Yeah, it was a great community effort and it's going to have to continue into the future, which, mm-hmm. you know, is sort of the, the, good, the good side of uh, something terrible happening, I suppose, that we find mm-hmm. ways to work together. Yep. All right, guys. Thank you so much. I think that covers it. And uh, yeah, once again, everyone, please go to tinyurl.com DSA mask.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, David, for, uh, for having us on the show.
0: Thank you. I'll see you around. Thanks a lot.
1: Appreciate it.
0: The Democratic Socialists of America is the largest socialist organization in the United States. We have over 120 chapters in 49 states. We're an activist organization, not a political party. To become a member, go to dsausa.org. To find out what our chapter is up to, visit dsasf.org. Our intro music is by Young Chomsky.